This podcast may contain questionable language, will contain spoilers, and contains a message from a fish. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do? I don't wanna know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 99 of Movie Drone. I am happy-go-lucky Steve and I'm going to say it mate, you are a miserable I'm terrific. <laughs> you are a miserable Mark. I'm There's not terrific, a lot going mate. right for you at the moment is there? No, no it's not gone well today. Today has not <laughs> been my favourite. <laughs> Do you know what, I was having a bad week right? And then speaking to you on the way home, and then what's happened to you since we've been home? It's honestly, it's this is my favourite day of the week now. I oh, had a really bad one. I'm up glad until I then. can be of service, and I've cheered someone up. <laughs> well, welcome everybody. Uh, I mean, everyone's interested, mate. I suppose mildly as to why you are so down in the dumps. That's just busy, isn't it? It's not just that though, is it? Just stuff's not going right for you. Stuff's is it? not going right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that is cheering you up. Definitely, 100. Yeah. <laughs> percent You look like you've a person who's had a really bad day, which yep. is funny to Thanks. me personally. And yeah, your new job as a event booker—it's yeah. not going so well, is it? Not going well either, mate. No. <laughs> We had a bit of a catastrophe with the recording software. That was a bit of a nightmare, mm. wasn't it? We had a bit of a problem. And then you've, uh, you've made a bit of a booking fiasco tonight as well, haven't you? Apparently so, so mate. Apparently <laughs> so. I'm going to say to you, mate, a spreadsheet doth not make a master booker. <laughs> I've never claimed to be said master booker, mate. Just trying to do my bit during this busy time and apparently pleasing no one. So winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Anyway, so I will explain that later. Mm. It's something to do with the main review. Uh, we might be a bit tired by the time we get around to doing it, but is that it, mate? I mean, have you really done anything else? Are you I've been, I've been busy, mate. I've, I've, I had a busy weekend last weekend doing actual gardening, right. not like clearing up around the bottom of a bird table, <laughs> like actual gardening. And then I built a trampoline, mate. Kids had a new Did trampoline. You? Come in three boxes. It's got to be fine, isn't it? The other one, old one bit ripped up got it down in about four minutes so it's got to be quick isn't it three hours <laughs> in the blistering hot sun it well, looked, it up, yeah. the new one up yeah. all right okay. it looks the part it looks great it's probably a death trap yeah it, it required a lot more effort than i'd thought it would in the blistering hot sun <laughs> okay are you suffering from sunstroke or something then is this why you're so angry no that or... was last weekend did you have sunstroke no 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 i've been lucky oh. so far well, i thought you had one of your turn how's your week <laughs> been then mate 
Oh, I've not done a lot, mate. I've got to be honest, it's been all working six days, sort of pretty shit week until today. Last week, I had that bloke's finger be cut off, didn't they, to make me feel better. And now I've got your uh, complete catastrophes. So uh, that's pretty good. Um, Animal Crossing update. Jill's got a new shop, apparently. I don't think anyone cares anymore, do they? Oh, what? uh, I don't know. A new shop. (laughs) Okay. Wee, well done. When grand (laughs) is it allowed to open? (laughs) Is it an essential business or is this one uh... (laughs) there? Yeah, I don't know. Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. I think she sells, like, trinkets or something. I don't know. I really don't know. She's so cool. Um, crocheting update. Uh, someone else is going to get a crochet animal this weekend. Okay. Uh, so this is not ruining it because this is going to come out after they get it. So someone else is going to get one. How many and legs has pen- it got? Well, it's got four, but they're not the same size. So uh, No, it's not, a, it's not like a... A mystery or anything oh. they are literally not made very well <laughs> i was trying to guess the animal that has different length legs but <laughs> they're just all different sizes like okay. all the other ones bless her are um and it's someone's birthday someone's birthday no uh, no it's to... not mate i've got another four or five months yet no not you not you oh, right. it's uh one of our top guests uh, that um, that hopefully we'll have one of that. It's Tim's birthday this week. Oh, weekend. Timmy. Yeah. Ah. So uh, I think you need to sing happy birthday. Are you singing along? I might do. Try and you take the high harmony, I'll take the low, really. Go on then. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Dear Timmy, happy birthday to you. Because you was trying to wait for me, weren't you? But you were so far behind me that I was trying to wait for you. That was just a clusterfuck. Was it? I thought it was quite good. But there you go. Happy birthday, Tim. That cheered me up a bit. I'm not sure if we'll be able to use that then. Let's see if it (laughs) it sounds like. Well, this isn't going very well. So, um... (laughs) <laughs> uh, should we move on to the thanks mate let's do it mate thanks to Brook Reading Pod Fat Drunk and Stupid WTM Too Many Captains The With Dummies Crew Ram the One Half Pod Mr P Emma Verbal Diorama Lee Little Nick Right Stuff Reviews Well Kept and Unclean Fresh Geek Context Chris EMZT Productions What Should We Watch What's Your Favourite Pod Keegong Glynn With One N Jay Rochester, Mike of Genuine Chit Chat and Beautiful. Of course, Ryan, but there's a reason we're not thanking him on that one. So special thanks this week for everyone who's gone that slight little bit extra mile. We've got Jill, Cassie, VHS Strikes Back, Saved by His Grace 72, Jamie Russell, Jamie Irwin, Cinema Recall, Sean Panda Nicholson, Emma at the Movies, Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T, Mike, Mike and Oscar, Breaker 6696, Podcast HQ and Oco Duro Parlay Hour. Thank you very much to everybody for everything that you have done for us this week. Mm. Right, okay then, mate. Uh, I've got a topical promo. Do you want to have a listen? Absolutely. Hey, everyone. This is Ryan L. Terry, film and theme park critic, screenwriting instructor, and figure skater. You know, there's something about the magic of motion pictures that's always intrigued me and ignited my imagination. I firmly believe that the greatest art in the world is the art of storytelling, as the great Cecil B. DeMille once stated. Whether it's diving deep into a film's theme and symbolism, just kicking back and enjoying a guilty pleasure movie for pure entertainment, or discussing my favorite genre of horror, I love sharing my thoughts and feelings about movies with my students, friends, and fellow critics. 
You may have heard me on shows such as One Movie Punch, Movie Drone, Epic Film Guys, Movie Geek and Proud, or Cocktail Party Massacre. And if you would be interested in me making a guest appearance on your show, send me a direct message. Would love to get the conversation started. You can follow my film reviews at rlterryrealview.com. That's real with two E's. You can also find me on social media at rlterry1 on Twitter, where you can join the conversation with me and the rest of hashtag film Twitter. Thank you for listening, and I will see you at the movies. There we go. So that is our friend Ryan L. Terry. That's his promo there. Mm. I've been reading a few of his blogs. I like his blogs, don't you? It'd be good to hear from him and have him on again soon. It will be, yeah. Yeah, yeah it'd be nice. We'll have to yeah. arrange something. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we'll get that sorted. Okay, right. So, uh, moving on, mate. I mean, I don't know how this is going to go Not off. well. You're... No, do you don't reckon so? No. <laughs> much, <laughs> much like most of today and... The first nine minutes of recording, I'd imagine, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's not going somewhere. But there you go. So this is Mark's movie impression for episode 99. And uh, I've actually forgotten to write it down. But this, I believe, is when Doug, and this is the one from 51st Dates. Yes, it is. Met Timmy from South Park. I nearly did the impression then. <laughs> if you could do it, mate, you'd save me a lot of lag. <laughs> okay. Right, go on then, mate. Timmy, Doctor, I have a question. Timmy, this this friend of mine, he's been experimenting with steroids. Nah, nah, Timmy, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> can can I call for a dream? Timmy, 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 Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> I I tell him, you you said so, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Is it? What do you expect in three minutes, mate? <laughs> uh, oh, dear God. I don't think we're going to make it to episode 100. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks very much, mate, no, for that. You're welcome Thank you. for that. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, do you want to move on quickly? Yeah, yeah, why not? This is the Movie Drone Wall of Shame. There we go, Wall of Shame times. Mm. It was your challenge last week. Who mm. did you challenge? I challenged M at Verbal Diorama. So we'll see if M got off in a moment. It's my challenge this week. Mate, mm. now I don't want to add to your woes, but you have been an absolute nightmare with your booking. I've mm. got to be honest. Admittedly, I am thankful for you taking on this responsibility. Mm. But it's causing me so much pain. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I can't anguish. even argue, mate. I can't even. As much as I'd like to be argumentative, I can't. I mean, we've still got, I think your spreadsheet's still got another three or four weeks. And I just don't know if I could take it. I think it. it's longer than that, if I'm honest. So good luck. <laughs> so, mate, you're on the wall of shame. Sorry, I'm challenging you to give us a good question. Thank right. you for topping off my day. It's like the hundred and sprinkles. <laughs> no worries. Right, okay. So, should we move on? Yes, mate. This is the next section. This is the section that we like to call... Question, question time. time. Question time. Question time. Time for the question. Question time. Question time. Question time. Time for the question. Question time. I have no idea. I have no idea. No idea if it Right, okay, so you challenged M at Verbal Diorama. Did she deliver? Yes, she did, mate. Swiftly and precisely. <laughs> No, no rambling, just a good 
tell she's like a um, journalisty type person. She knows how to write a good question swiftly. She just wants to know, <laughs> what are your top five animated movies of all time? But I'm going to stop you there, Steve. There is a caveat. <laughs> they cannot be Disney or Pixar movies. I know they would be right high up on your list. So <laughs> any of those, can't include them, I'm afraid. Okay. I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Can't you? No. How interesting. I know you're number one. Yeah, of course. I know you're number one, but yeah, I'm quite interested to fight. Well, I reckon I could guess three out of your five. I guarantee you couldn't. I'll put a bet on with you. Okay. I I guarantee it. And I know you're going to be honest. I know you're going to be honest Mm -hmm. if you, if you, three out of five, yeah. Three out of five, yeah. I was going to write them down then, but I can't find anything to write them down. But trust me. Um, Have you not got uh, Emma's book that she bought you? The nice movie drone book? Yes, but my movie drone pen is at work. (laughs) I've got loads of paper. I've just got no writing (laughs) implement. Right, okay. So who's going first then? You go for it. I'll I'll answer with a quick yes or no whether I got it. Okay. My number five animated movies, not Disney or Pixar, is Batman the Killing Joke. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's got mark hamill's joker it's r-rated it's right up my alley i don't mind a bit of the old batman animated mm-hmm. i think that they are um are pretty good so that is my number five you should, i mean you wouldn't like them anyway would you Nah, no okay. my number five wallace and gromit curse of the Were rabbit right i love a bit of wallace and gromit unfortunately it's the worst one they've done but I don't right. know if the other ones count as episodes or movies, so I've had to choose this one because I know it's a feature-length and was released at cinema. I mean, I don't really watch them. I know that they're good. Mm. I've seen I've seen it. Actually, what was, did you, which one was it? Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Yeah, I've, seen, I've probably only seen about 10 minutes. I like one. the old ones because you see like the fingerprints in them. Right. <laughs> Am I number four? Yep. You better, you better start panicking if you don't get this one, mm-hmm. mate. Hey. Mm-hmm. It is Ghost in the Shell. um i love a bit of anime as well i suppose i like my animation a little bit more hardcore than you yeah i like cowboy bebop like akira um stuff like that but ghost in the shell is the one for me okay no number four the land before time (laughs) (laughs) it's like sitting opposite a 12 year old (laughs) Yes, because it's top five animated movies of all time. Generally, I watched a lot of animated movies when I was a lot younger. Okay, okay. Although I did watch this one a couple of weeks back. (laughs) That's what I mean. Right, okay. Um, Any reason? If I'm honest, watching it a couple of weeks back, it's a little bit broopier than I remembered. Um, But this was one that I had on VHS, and it just brings back good memories of simpler times. There you go. Right, okay. So you're under pressure now then, mate, and you've got three. All right. So my number three is Wes Anderson's I Love Dogs. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, you've got the fantastic Mr. Fox, which uh, is a good movie, although I've not watched it many times. It's a bit weird, this one, but that's probably why I like it. Um, So, yes, stop motion. I Love Dogs. Okay. My number three is How to Train Your Dragon. I mean, I've seen bits of the first one. I'm so going to fuck up on one of these. Someone's going to write in and go, I think you're actually fine that this one. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, I'm back on the wall. But as far as, to my knowledge, it is not Disney or Pixar. Okay. All right. I mean, there's quite a few now, isn't there? Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It is. And, I don't know small. the others. Nah. It's like the first okay. one. Okay. My number two is South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. You got that one, did you? Got yeah. a South Park. I mean, Park. I... Uh, I wish that I got more time to watch 
more South Park mm-hmm. because I really do like it. And I I watch a bit of Family Guy. I yeah. find Family Guy a little bit more soothing, sort of when I go to bed or whatever, and a bit a bit more sort of chuckle laughy. Mm. Um, but South Park I really do like. And you will with bit mouth, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, exactly, exactly the reason. But uh, yeah, South Park. Cool. My number two is The Secret of Nim, based on the great book Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. It's just gone over my head. I yeah, no, I, 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 I loved the book when I was a kid and we watched it at class. You know, when you're at school and they used to like, you'd see the door go and you think, what's going on here? And then the little old lady would totter in with like the trolley with the TV on it and the VCR under it. <laughs> right. And it was like, yeah, movie. And we all got to sit and watch Secret of Nim and I loved the story of that. Did you? Hmm. All right, explains a lot about your education. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my number one, it's got to be a film that had probably one of the biggest effects on me as a child. It's Watership Down. Oh, I've got two It's got to be Watership Down. It's got to be Watership it Down. I mean, obviously, the original one. Yeah, I don't think you've ever seen it, have you? Um, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Years oh, ago. the first one, huh? yeah, 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 yeah. Vicious, yeah. brutal film. Yeah, the blood over um, the field, a little bit much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, it probably isn't so much now, but uh, I like to think that that's where I've got my love of animals from. Oh, my number one, an American tale. Fucking love an American tale. Not so much Five All Goes West, but the first one, the songs in it. I know the songs. I've actually got a picture disc vinyl of this somewhere okay. um, that someone bought me when we had record player back in the old oh, days. That might be worth at least about four quid now. Oh, I wouldn't, we, well, I suppose we posted, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I mean, I don't know. It's lost on me, mate, I think. I, I don't really remember watching all these fluffy ones. No, I'd, I'd, well, you know, we, we had to make do with what we was given. This was one that I used to really, really like. No cats in America and the streets are paved with cheese. That's exactly the reason that I wouldn't watch it. Somewhere there you go. out <laughs> there's beneath the... Hell moon Right, that's enough. Though. No, no. I promised Emma I'd sing to. a bit. I'm sure she'd yeah, I'm sure she'd appreciate it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well there you go. Yeah, that's I actually for your third one, I thought you was gonna have Howl's Moving Castle. No. But there we are, I was wrong on that. I got two. He <laughs> did you. Um I don't I mean I don't watch that much animation, but I do like to watch something that's a bit more gritty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than the fluffy yeah. bits. No, I, I probably would now. I'd like a Beavers and Butthead movie or something like that. But Right. Okay. There you go. Right. Thank you very much, Em. Sorry that we challenged you after you mm. were so nice to us, but thank you very much for the question. Yes. And if everyone should check out uh, Em's podcast, because you love the intro. Oh, you? the Little Shop of Horrors one, please. Just, just play the intro. You'll be hooked and you'll listen to the rest of them anyway, but it's genius. Okay. Genius. Excellent. Right. After that, mate, debacle, do you want to tell people where they can get hold of us on social media? Absolutely, mate. They can get us at Twitter or Instagram, which is at movie underscore drone or via email on movie drone podcast at hotmail.com. Okay, so the reason that uh, we did turn up and not just give up, this is the main review. Yes. And this is Listener Request again. And who's it from? It is from Ryan L. Terry, pre-booked and pre-sorted, just in different time zones. So what did we watch, mate? We watched a film that is currently 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. is an 18, one hour, 52 minutes, billed as a fantasy horror mystery. 
with a synopsis of a demonic force has chosen Freddy Krueger as its portal to the real world. Can Heather Langdenkamp play the part of Nancy one last time and trap the evil trying to enter our world? An $8 million budget and grossing $20 million? This is directed by Wes Craven and written by Wes Craven, starring Robert Englund, Heather Langenkamp, Miko Hughes and John Saxon. This was 1994's Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And after all that exciting information with regards to the film, we can introduce you to the person who chose the film. Voice you will recognise from being on before and one we have spoken about getting on very, very recently, um, Mr. Ryan L. Terry. And have you bought a clip, Ryan? I certainly have. I always come prepared. Can you come with me in my dreams? I think that only happens in the movies. What happens when the story dies and the evil is set free? Now that the films have ended, the genie's out of the bottle. That's what the nightmares are telling me, and that's what I'm writing. This is still a script we're talking about, right, Wes? You've decided to cross over out of films into our reality. The only way to stop him is to make another movie. Oh, my God. The bad man's getting awful close. You're going to have to make a choice. What kind of choice? Whether or not you're willing to play Nancy one last time. And there we go. So thank you very much, Ryan, for bringing the clip. So um, it's nice to have you back. Hello. It's nice to actually see you again. I mean, we haven't seen you for, I mean, we had you on, recorded, when we couldn't make it work last time. We're actually in the, well, not what's going to say, in the flesh, but on the screen. There you are. Yes. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing great. I uh, uh, literally just uh, rolled in from uh, the a few days at Hilton Head Island. So I am out of town. And so I uh, drove up to South Carolina to spend some time with uh, my sister and uh, uh, my brother-in-law, my cousin and her husband. And then we took off uh, to Hilton Head for a few days. And it's uh, so it was a lot of fun. And so we just got back to the house just a few minutes ago. And I'm uh, ready to switch gears from a beach trip to... Uh, dipping my toes in some nightmares <laughs> and so I'm uh, just uh, excited to excited to be here and uh, it's it's lovely to see you guys again as well it's uh, been almost two years since the uh, last show I was actually like on on uh, I know you used some audio clips from me throughout the last couple of years uh, but this is the first time since David Gordon Green's Halloween that we've had the opportunity to sit down together and it's uh, wonderful to see you guys and uh thank you so much for reaching out to me and uh, being so accommodating uh with your uh neighbors across the pond and i uh, hope you both are very well and i'm uh, just it's always a delight to uh to get to hang out with you sorry about the hair ryan um obviously our barbers are not open yet <laughs> well i i just thought you were uh you're going for kind of that uh that like a uh, CW haircut, you know, like the, the messy trendy, you know, every guy has it on a CW TV show. That's kind of, that's a, 
That's what I thought you were going Rugged for. man's Greasy. man, you mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really sorry about, obviously, Mark and his um, inability to actually get uh, the timings right and things like that. So just so everybody knows, I mean, we have waited up for you. We, we were obviously going to. We wanted you to be on. It's totally Mark's fault. Don't blame yourself. It's all good. But, yeah, we're glad you're having a good time. It's nice to see you. Two years, eh? We didn't think we'd be going for more than about five episodes. So two years is, uh, is uh, well, it's a mystery. It did. In fact, um, I and I haven't looked this up, but I believe your podcast birthday is probably right at two years because I believe you guys started. It was in the summertime. I just don't remember if it was May, June, July, August. But I first I of really, July. First of July. See, I always had it. I knew oh, we were my. coming up. Knew we were coming up on two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I mean, it's a hundredth episode next week, and as you'll hear, because uh, we've obviously pre-recorded some of this. As you'll hear, we've got absolutely nothing planned. So, uh, <laughs> so don't worry about that. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe Mark will sing us happy birthday. Right. Okay. So on to uh, the film you chose for us. Without giving too much away, just give us a quick insight into why you chose this one. Sure. Uh, when you guys uh, asked me uh, which films I wanted to do, I, the first couple I selected had already been done or you were going to do. So I thought, well, what can we what can we talk about that is going to provide a I think a, a very dynamic discussion, a film that has many layers, uh, but at the same time is very accessible. Uh, but and also one that is pivotal. So like all these things. So so, um, so the two films that came to mind uh, were uh, Scream. Of course, we've got Scream Scream Five. That's essentially been greenlit. We don't know much about it, but it's going to be coming. And uh, but uh, you know, Scream is one that gets talked about a lot. In fact, I talk about it in my class. I use the opening uh, prologue of Scream, uh, uh, illustrating. You know, one of the best, if not the best openings to not just in horror films, but just any film, period. And so I love using it. So uh, Scream gets talked about a lot. Uh, I, Wes Raven is one of my favorite directors. Uh, he's right up there with uh, Alfred Hitchcock, John Carpenter, Billy Wilder, Ridley Scott, early, early like Alien Ridley Scott, not anything post-Gladiator. So prior to Gladiator, uh, Ridley Scott, and um, I love analyzing his work and his films, one of which we're going to talk about uh, today, uh, was uh, instrumental in redefining the horror genre, uh, not once, not twice. Wes Craven quite literally redefined what the genre can do three different times. Uh, one with Last House on the left, followed by A Nightmare on Elm Street, and then Scream. But prior to Scream, Scream being the definitive meta horror film, he was uh, dipping his toes, uh, to use my analogy from earlier, uh, into the meta horror pool. Something that on on a kind of blockbuster scale, big budget scale, you know, had it been done before. And uh, so he had this idea. So he's playing around with this concept of meta horror. And the film that was his playground before kind of formalizing the meta horror approach in Scream is Wes Craven's New Nightmare, uh, which is the last time that we would see Robert England as Freddy Krueger until Freddy versus Jason in 2003, which if, if you guys uh, who are listening, if you've never seen Freddy vs. Jason, watch it. It's so much fun. 
So uh, do yourself a favor, watch Freddy versus Jason. Uh, and so uh, for, for no other reason, it's the last time that we have seen Robert England as Freddy Krueger, except for uh, the, the bit on the Goldbergs a couple of years ago. Uh, but uh, New Nightmare is an incredible film. And it doesn't get talked about a lot. And it's what I like to describe as proto meta, kind of like I described Psycho as proto slasher. You know, you know, Psycho's not a slasher in the same vein, you know, that Friday the 13th, Halloween, that nightmare is, but it certainly helped to pave the way. And so in the way that Psycho is a proto slasher, I define Wes Craven's new nightmare. And, oh, and listeners, this is 1994's New Nightmare, not the remake, the atrocious, the abominable, deplorable remake of Apartment on Elm Street from 2010. This is, it is literally titled New Nightmare. And so this uh, film uh, really opened the door to Metahorror using one of the most iconic characters from not only horror films, just all of cinema. So Freddy Krueger is my favorite horror icon, and I would argue that he's probably the most favorite out of all of our horror icons. And even people who haven't seen the uh, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street films, they know who Freddy Krueger is. I have students in my class; they've never seen a Nightmare on Elm Street, but you know what? They know who Freddy Krueger is. They've not seen uh, Friday the Thirteenth. They know who Jason is. They may have seen Halloween because of the, the more recent one, but they know who Michael is. They, they know who these characters are because they're such a part of our culture and a part of our identity, uh, you know, in uh, just uh, being cinephiles and uh, in the American horror film. And uh, so that's why I selected New Nightmare, uh, because it would later open the door uh, to metahorror. However, there's a lot of fantastic commentary on horror films, even some of which comes from Wes Craven himself because he makes an appearance in this film. It's, it's fantastic. And so there's so much here to talk about. And I would say the, that was the long and short of it, but we all know that was just long. Uh, but that is my, uh, you know, my reasoning for uh, selecting the brilliant Wes Craven's new nightmare from 1994. Okay, so I mean, I don't remember seeing it. I've got to be honest. Um, I have thought I'd seen all of them, and I mean, you're not going to like us, or, or certainly me. I don't think Ryan after <laughs> after this. Freddy Krueger is actually probably my least favourite of the three main um, uh, horror people. I'm a gorehound. I do prefer. I think that I get more out of the typical slashers um, than ones that I have to think about, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't remember actually watching this and I don't know whether I've seen it sort of once and forgotten about it or or whatever. So yeah, it's a difficult one for me because being a first time watch of a 90s horror film, um, you can imagine obviously in this day and age how it could look. And you're right. Uh, one One of the things I like to point out Uh, on my section uh, that I teach on the American horror film is is that Freddy's body count is notoriously low. You compare his body count to any of the other slashers, it's notoriously low. However, I would argue that he certainly has the most creative kills. And there's a great video out there on, uh, there's a lot of them, but I think it's one at maybe Dead Meat. I I can't remember who who put it out there, but it's uh, Freddy's top 10 kills. And you just watch it. Just these kills are just just so, uh, so memorable and so much fun. And I think that's what I like about Freddy's kills is, yes, they may be far fewer in number than some of the others, but there's so much creativity behind each of them. Uh, my favorite Freddy kill being from 
uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, the Welcome to Primetime Ditch. And just when he picks up that chick in the, you know, in the, uh, in the asylum and, you know, picks her up, brings her up to the TV and says, Welcome to Primetime Ditch, and shuts her head in the TV, I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not quite sure how my uh, my um, sidekick we'll call him um, after obviously all of his ballsing up at the, at the moment. Um, Mark, what did you uh, your opening gambit on this one? This is second time watch for me, so I, I did catch it first time round. Yeah, it would have been first time round. Um, would have gone down to Blockbuster Video and rented this one on VHS, I'd imagine. And I love. Absolutely love the premise of the whole movie within a movie, but using the real world in the movie. And I think that is actually genius. I'm just not convinced by the overall delivery of it. Um, I'm not in the same boat. I love Freddy. I think Freddy's probably my top out of the big three. But I don't think there was enough Freddy for me. And like you say, body count of four on this one. There was one kill in there which I would call or class as one of his old school kills, um, which I absolutely loved. But I would have loved a bit more Freddy and possibly more of a retro Freddy than what we got given. I know um, Wes Craven, he tried to give him a bit of an updated look in this one and took away that comical sort of feel to him, tried to make him a bit more menacing. And I think he certainly was. That's a very good point you make there, Mark. He uh, certainly is much darker in uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare. And and I can uh, certainly see your point uh, about we weren't able to witness uh, Freddy's trademark uh, comical side uh, as much uh, in this film. Uh, One could say the same thing. Uh, similarly about uh, Freddy's Revenge, A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, in which we get a, a very dark Freddy, you know, far less comical. Um, and we do have a, a film within a film. Not only is it uh, meta and how it treats the American horror film, but it's also meta on filmmaking itself. And it's those layers that I that I absolutely love and, and find that new nightmare uh, you know, uh, truly and successfully dances that line between reality and fantasy, you know, we can easily liken uh, that to the character of Freddy Krueger himself, who exists in our dreams, but can still inflict real pain. So I think that concept really is a fascinating parallel, you know, in this uh, revolutionary uh, approach to to horror and one of the most iconic franchises, iconic horror franchises uh, of all time. Uh, you know, really, I feel that this film uh, asks the question of horror filmmakers, and you can even, uh, by extension, you know, to the fans of horror, horror hounds, horror fiends, you know, whatever, whatever you like to call yourself, on whether the effects of the narrative on screen, you know, uh, cross over into the real world, affecting the actions and thoughts of people who love to watch horror films. And so it's, it's these questions that are posited by the film that I find fascinating. Um, I would say that uh, this particular installment in the franchise is is very much an intellectually driven film. And so I think uh, being a, a, a film academic, perhaps that's why I like it so much. And because to your points, it's not usually one that people pick. It doesn't get picked very often, doesn't get talked about very often. So one could ostensibly say, you know, maybe it's 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 one of the least favorites, uh, even though I know it has a fan base. And perhaps it is due to that more intellectual nature of the film. And some people really like it and some people don't. And so I, I think it is, uh, that's what makes this particular one so interesting because of those two camps. If we all agreed on it, if we all thought of it, 
you know, as a masterpiece. And we all said it was, you know, fantastic. But then really what's there to talk about? Yeah, I mean, when I actually looked into, I mean, I looked at the ratings of all of the films, I truthfully thought that this one was going to be sort of towards the bottom of people's ratings. But when you look at many websites, it actually has it as the second highest rated Freddy Cougar film, which... And um, uh, uh, Roger Ebert loved it. And so he notoriously hated horror films. And so if you go back and look at uh, Ebert's uh, review, you'll see that he absolutely loved it. And so not that, you know, he's the, you know, the, you know, the defining force out there. There's certainly an influential man that critics have learned from and, and respect. And I, I find that is, that is interesting how the, it does score very highly with critics, uh, even famous critics uh, the, uh, I haven't looked at the audience score recently, but I would imagine that the audience score is lower than the critics score on this one, which is not unique, but certainly uncommon with many horror films because it's usually the inverse, you know, much higher audience score and a lower critic score. From my point of view, I totally understand how um, the, the meta part of it and the layers and obviously the fact that the, we got that story within a story, I can see how it does appeal to a lot of people. I tried to view it with sort of that in mind, that it was something different, but I, I don't know if it was just my mood or I did find it very dated. I struggled with the actual acting of the main characters. I struggled with Robert Englund acting not as Freddy and also is it Heather Lagenkamp mm -hmm. acting as herself and didn't actually form to her when she was actually uh, doing that. I much preferred her in the, the, the original films and I found the child as well quite annoying. Um, you know how I feel about children. And I did actually find this one um, pretty annoying. There was one scene, which was probably one of my favourite scenes, where the tongue comes through the telephone, which was instantly ruined by the child screaming. And I think it was just the fact that it did look dated to me. And I am not, um, I'm not going to say that I'm a film intellectual. We do this podcast because we enjoy watching movies and we would hope that at the end of it, people like ourselves would actually know whether uh, they would like a film or not. Yeah. But I don't pretend to ever be able to pick it apart like yourself. So it is interesting actually hearing it from you. I mean, I, I was very interested to see that Scream was only two years later and it looks so much fresher. Now, Scream, I love. That's that's right up. As, as you uh, probably heard when we did the Scream episode, I had the mask and everything. I used to scare the wife. And it's just like talk and cheese to me. And I was so, not disappointed, but I actually didn't think there was much progression in effects and kills and stuff like that from the first ones. I think that's where my disappointment lies. Well, something else that's uh, quite meta that uh, well, not unintentionally so, but more in uh, retrospect, is that Heather Lankenkamp and her husband in real life run a special effects studio. And right. so they do prop effects and special effects. And so uh, they are you know, like literally playing themselves because that's what her husband does in the film. But in real life, that is what uh, her and her husband do. And so in retrospect, I find that it's like, that's just so cool. So it's like, I mean, it has really just like, like transcended so much. And that, you know, the roles in the movie are, you know, quite literally their same roles uh, in, in real life. Because in real life, people know as Nancy Thompson, uh, just like in New Nightmare. 
and uh, her husband in real life. He works special effects and pops in in the movie. That's what he does. And so I, I find that to be uh, yeah, really interesting as well. Do you think that you like the film because it has all of these elements and you are of that psyche that that's what scores highly with you? Or do you actually like the film? Do you actually enjoy the fact that it's not got that much gore and the effects are still fairly dated, etc.? I'm just trying to get into whether you actually sure. believe it's a good film or whether it just floats your boat, we'll put it that way. No, I, I do feel very strongly that it is a good film. Um, I also agree with you that the kid is annoying as fuck uh, and <laughs> that it does not look as good as Scream as Scream is only two years later, which means Scream is in the pre-production phase at this point on some level. I don't remember when the... The script for Scary Movie, as its original title was, I don't remember when it was finished, but that, so these are, you know, uh, they do parallel one another, like the the end of the production and post-production of New Nightmare, you know, is, you know, kind of runs right up to that pre-production phase of Scream. Uh, but uh, no, I, I do feel that it's a very strong film. I find it to be cinematic and very, um, in, in the respects, I find it to be challenging. I find it to be clever and thoughtful. And, and that's what I love about it. I'm not a gore helm. I, I'm not opposed to it. I like creative gore. I like creative kills. I like to cheer for our villain. And I don't think the lack of gore is why I like Freddy. There's many other reasons, but I do appreciate how the focus isn't on the gory nature. I mean, what I love about this film is this uh, self-reflexive and meta element uh, to the plot, the story, and the lore of uh, Freddy movies, both Freddy movies within this film, Freddy movies in real life, these uh, Freddy movies and stories and lore uh, loop back uh, on themselves by confronting the very creators of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, we get Wes Craven, we get Robert Bob Shea, who founded New Line Cinema. Interesting fact, uh, New Line Cinema was quite literally saved by Freddy Krueger. So one could say that New Line Cinema, that Freddy Krueger built New Line Cinema. Uh, also, Lynn Shea makes an appearance in here. We know her probably best from, or at least the general public knows her best from Insidious. Uh, but for those of us that love Lynn Shea and know her to recognize her as the horror queen that she is, uh, many, many, many other films, uh, including her appearance. She's, uh, she's Robert Shea's sister. And uh, so we, we get her. She was in the original film. We get Heather Langenkamp. So we have all these elements looping back in on themselves. And uh, they reference these movies in the same way that we do. And that's what I love about it, is that it makes Freddy feel that he truly has transcended the screen into our world. Mark, did you think the kid was annoyed? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he, do you know he was actually one of the small kids from Kindergarten Cop? <laughs> I, <Yo>. re <laughs> I recognised his face as soon as I saw him because he irritated me in that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I've, I think going back to, I was going to defend it a little bit when Steve said about his age, and I was like, well, he's 26 years old, but then when you do compare it to Scream, that is that's, that's such a small gap, I do actually yeah. see, I actually agree with him a little bit there, which is scary, <laughs> but I mean, not wanting to focus on Scream, so now we're talking about New Nightmare, but yeah. I, th I think the issue I have with this one to a point is i've never really been particularly fond of the nancy character um i, I think with scream you've got some really solid characters in there if you've got gail you've got sydney i mean almost the main characters are as important to you as ghostface 
and I find myself almost cheering on the characters as much as Ghostface and vice versa. Whereas with this one, I wouldn't have been that upset if Nancy got... uh, I I love Freddy. Freddy's great. I'm cheering for Freddy. It's probably wrong, but I'm cheering for Freddy for the kills. Like When he did the babysitter, I just thought that was great classic Nightmare on Elm Street. And actually was... I don't know if it was focused too much around Heather or um, Nancy in that point and like i've said it once i'll say it again not enough freddy just too too much of her around a particular character i'm not that fond of so let's talk about um scenes there sure. were some scenes that i liked and there was some that i do have issues with um, i've mentioned it before the, the phone tongue scene i thought that was great four uh, days or something to film that one scene did it mm. really? Mm. Okay, I thought it was good until until like I say, the kid ruined it. Now <laughs> I do have an issue with one scene, a big issue, and it is the traffic scene. Yeah, it's a difficult one because I've seen many a weird comical horror film, and this would be more in place in one of those than I thought. This. Mm. What is that traffic scene all about, and what was your favourite scene? Uh, the traffic scene is also one that I I don't particularly like, and I think there could have been better ways of illustrating the emotion of that moment and uh, and the tension therein. I mean, you got the the giant baby or the giant kid and it does feel, you know, out of place and it does interrupt the pacing and tone of the film in my opinion. Uh, so uh, you won't find me disagreeing with you on that point. Uh, as far as favorite scenes in the film, I uh, think my uh, my favorite one uh, is the the whole bit from the uh, Heather going uh, Heather uh, uh, Langan camp, you know, going down the hall and uh, the nurse saying, you know, you know, where's your pass? And she's like, fuck your pass. And so I love how we we uh, it's a callback to the to the original film in that scene. And then we have another callback with the death of the nanny. Because she dies in very in a very similar fashion to Tina, the way Tina dies in the original film, and so that that whole uh, that whole bit there from the you know fuck your past to the, the death of the nanny in the room, uh, those are uh, my favorite moments uh, in this in this film because they remind me they're, they're new, so it's not like we're just redoing it. It's a new expression of these trademark moments uh, if you will from the original film and so I really like that I also love the the scenes uh, with you know Nancy sitting down with Wes Craven and him talking to her about uh, when we killed off when we killed off the Freddy films we had nowhere to put the evil of the world and I love that illustration I think that's just so true we need horror films because we need a place to put the evil of the world to exercise the evil of the world. And so I think in the same way that Wes Craven is describing why he needed to write another Freddy film is why is just one of the many reasons why we need horror films in our own lives because that is where we can uh, put our fears. That is where we can test our fears. That's where we can be tested. That's where we can deal with so many complexities of life in highly creative, visceral ways. And so he underscores why we need these films in our lives. So, uh, so between you know the the hallway, the death, and this con- and the conversation that the Lincoln Camp has with Wes Craven, I I love those moments. You can tell which one's the screenwriting teacher. I've got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark, favorite scenes. 
Worst scenes. This is going to prove your point perfectly, mate. I'm afraid. Boa constrictor making a rattlesnake's noise. <laughs> I mean, come you on. Have a, you have a boa constrictor in your house? No, no, there's a boa constrictor. In the furnace at the end, there's a boa constrictor oh. stopping the kid coming <laughs> out. And it makes a rattlesnake noise. <laughs> yeah. and, I, um, and if, do you know when the kid's on top of the rocket and he falls on top of Heather? Oh, yes. He suddenly turns into a big grown man. If you, if you watch a scene closely, it's like the stunt double is like three times the size of the kid. But yet mine, like I said, keep mentioning it, is the babysitter death scene. It is by far my favourite. It was just so retro and so well done and just brutal because she was sort of the nice character. She was the one that was yeah. there that was sort of holding everything together and she was there to comfort the kid, to comfort the mum. She was sort of trying to be the protector of everyone and then became victim herself. And, yeah, I wasn't that far she went, but I thought it was a great kill. Yeah, oh, such a good kill. So we saw a film uh, recently, the remake of Chucky, uh, where we yeah. obviously had... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly um, uh, what, I th- what I really thought of that. I, I enjoyed the premise of it, obviously, like uh, the Alexa. But uh, we got an animatronic hand in yeah. this one what did you both think of that and would you be against having a freddy film that comes into uh, this century basically i want old school freddy there was a scene when he was driving along in the car and the knives came up through the seat but rather than tearing the seat they was like cgi'd and then you get the one where there's a scene in the bed and he slices for all the bed sheets and that's what i want to see i want to see Old school Robert England, Freddy. I want to see the old school Freddy effects. I mean, the new one was toilet anyway, but <laughs> I, I didn't mind so much the the hand, the way he took it over, because I'm not to say it could happen, but it, it almost had that effect of if that's what he was going to do, that's great. But I don't want to see him over CGI it and over try and work it. I like the physical effects and I like seeing them real, seeing the knives coming through the bed and stuff like that. I don't want them to CGI the crap out of it. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, the new Child's Play. I only watched it uh, with the one time in theaters and it's not on any list of mine to rewatch anytime soon, but I, I liked it well enough. For the most part, it worked. And and even the whole, we'll just take the battery out of them. And and, and I'm glad they, in Child's Play, they kind of fixed that logical fallacy and how the the whole, um, just the circuitry and whatever. And so they uh, they were able to kind of cover the, we'll just remove the battery. Uh, with um, with Freddy, I think it's important that he remains the old school Freddy. So I don't want Freddy to change. He needs to remain the same. And I think something along the lines of New Nightmare uh, could work. I think we could have a um, kind of a refresh of this because after all Wes Craven was pioneering this concept so you know one could argue that the prototype is never as good as the final product this is the prototype you know Scream is the final product you know Scream certainly is the definitive meta horror film so if you wanted to go the meta route I think you could improve upon what this one did Um, I think you could also take uh, the spirit of Freddy and use and use the spirit in different ways you know within the Freddy universe you know in Springwood Ohio on Elm Street and I think there are many things you can do with the spirit uh, because uh, because we're told Freddy in New Nightmare 
you know, is a demon, is a spirit that has to be put somewhere. We have to write these films in order for that spirit to go somewhere because it's a living, breathing force, so to speak. And so whether you're going to go the meta route or you're going to go the Freddy is manifested out of, you know, XYZ in Springwood, Ohio, I think that works as well. And to Mark's point about the practical effects, yes, there's a, I think there, we, we're seeing more and more push for practical effects. Uh, when uh, films come out that have a lot of practical effects, they, they tout that. That's, it's a banner. It's like, we have practical effects and that's what we want to see. We, we uh, want to have those types of special effects. We want the practical ones. Uh, because if for no other reason, you cannot replace the way real light bounces off of real objects into the camera lens. The way you cannot ever, no computer can completely replicate the way uh, real light bounces off of real objects into our eyes. I'd say I still got, an amount of fun out of watching it i still like the franchise and i still like the way it was linked but i think it was far when people talk about it being the second favorite i still think it's down the list for me i'm not a huge fan of i mean i know it's i'm saying it's genius on one hand where people coming in and out the film from real life and bits like that but i at least want them to have a really good level of acting and i'd much rather it have been thought about a little bit more but i did enjoy it had a lot of fun with it. I'm glad I've watched it again. It's actually made me want to get the whole box set out again. Brian. I just have one uh, one last comment uh, left uh, here in closing. And it's, it's the central question that New Nightmare posits. And it's where does the line between fantasy and reality lie? You know, is it a dark, you know, bold line? Or is it one that's more blurred or delineated? The first movie was inspired by a real series of articles uh, in the uh, Los Angeles Times that chronicled people who claimed to have uh, been scared to death, nearly scared to death. And so I love the how the origin of uh, the Nightmare franchise, uh, it actually is you know, somewhat grounded in reality. So we're uh, taking creative liberties with this article, of course, but there's still, you know, there's, uh, uh, I think it was um, Southeast Asia, I want to say, that a group of people, you know, died in their sleep from what I think doctors and psychologists said, you know, were scared to death. And so I like how we're you know, grounded in that. Um, so I love that. We're, we're looking at, you know, where does that, where does that line lie? Uh, this film takes the idea of a dreamlike killer to the next level uh, by using the past Freddy movies as this springboard um, as a source of energy for the idea of Freddy to cross over into our reality. And I think uh, what's crazy is we uh, we have witnessed this uh, in real life. Uh, a great example uh, is Seven. You know, the film never actually shows Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the famous box. However, countless people, you know, report to have seen her head in the box. And it's this idea it's just so largely collectively shared that it becomes part of our reality. And so Craven is taking that same idea and applying it to a nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, my fascination with this particular installment uh, is uh, just how brilliantly Craven dances that line between reality and fantasy. And he does it in such a way that comments on our real life fascination with horror films. After all that, are we going to put some scores on it? I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to do it a disservice, if I'm honest. But have you got a score, Mark, for this one? 
I have, mate. I'm not particularly high on this one either. I don't think I've given it a ribbon, but I've gone 58. I certainly, I get an amount of enjoyment out of it. I can probably find it being middle of the road. Now I've gone below IMDb, but I'm a much bigger fan. I mean, I'd be putting the original one into early 90s. I love it. Um, and this one just don't quite have that provenance for me i am sorry but i enjoyed it and it's going to make me watch all the others again and i appreciate you bringing it to us ryan oh that's uh it's very easy it ranks very highly for me i haven't looked at the imdb score recently so my guess is it's probably a seven or an eight which is where uh oh what is is that a six uh, what, what is the imdb score 6.4 out of 10 uh, currently 6.4 <laughs> out of 10 i'm gonna go higher than the uh, imdb score because for me it's a solid 7.5 so on a hundred scale we'll call it we'll call it 75 uh, because it, it really does it for me. I don't think, you know, 80 or higher, it's probably being a bit too generous. Uh, but I think, you know, below 60, uh, I think it's doing an injustice. Uh, so I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with a solid 75 out of a hundred and I could even be talked into an eight. Okay. So, I mean, I'm quite surprised, Mark. I thought you'd have it a little bit higher. I've got 54, even though I did say that I didn't particularly like it. I did like spending some time with Freddie. All of while that Robert Englund was Freddie on screen. I did enjoy that. It was just uh, the other parts um, that didn't sort of bring it together for me. So I've got 54. Okay, Ryan. So, um, I mean, obviously we haven't spoke to you for two years. We don't expect you to do your also watch for the last two years. But um, have you watched anything else recently that you'd like to uh, let us know about? Sure. I've, um, to be honest, my my viewing has gone down quite a bit since movie theaters closed. I love going to the movie theater. I'm excited that uh, mid-July, I guess around July 15th, I'm going to be able to start going again. It's been hard because I'm used to seeing a new movie every week in the theater and I've just not been able to do that. You know, before listeners, before you at me and like, well, there's all kinds of things streaming. To be honest, I don't like watching movies at home. So I haven't been able to watch as much. So I'm looking forward to going back. Uh, in terms of what I have watched, I watched a short film called The Telltale Heart based upon Edgar Allan Poe's work, you know, by the same name, uh, by a uh, young filmmaker, and it was brilliant. I I can't wait for everybody else to see it when it gets a uh, wider release, you know, know, albeit online, I think in October. But it's um, a masterful expression of the telltale heart and it's uh it feels familiar yet fresh and so i saw Mm -hmm. that i also recently saw ed wood for the first time and i i absolutely loved everything about ed wood it was one of my uh weekly films that i watch uh with my friend over in germany Uh, he and i most sundays we sync up a film together we skype and we watch the movie and then it was it was one that he picked uh, Carnival of Souls is another one that I watched uh, more recently for the very first time. I also enjoyed that one. Television-wise, I uh, uh, watched all of Hollywood, 13 Reasons Why, the most recent season. Uh, also, a series that was sent my way from the Bingeables podcast, which I will be talking about uh, in July with them, called Stand Against Evil. It's a short-lived series on the IFC channel, and it was uh, it was hilarious. It was a, it's a horror comedy 
uh, which I uh, you know, very much enjoy. And I like how it was kind of Ash versus Evil Dead-ish, but it doesn't feel like a ripoff. They do their own thing. You have that element in there and some uh, some great characters. So that's me. So I've, uh, you know, I'm you know, probably kind of behind compared to a lot of people who have been watching a lot of movies at home. And it's just, uh, it's just not my thing. Thank you very much, Ryan, for that. Right, have you watched anything else, Mark? I've only got three on the list. I watched, I actually really, 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 really fancy watching The Departed again. And I love that film. And I got 93 on that one, mate. Really, really liked it. Anaconda was on Netflix. I know it's bad. I know it's so bad, but I can't help but watch it. I got 58 on that. <laughs> but you know what one is actually uh, that's in the in the same uh, that same year or is within a year of that one, uh, Lake Placid. Lake Placid is great. I wish more yeah. people... Which more people would watch Lake Placid. I think Anaconda, Lake Placid, they came out right on the heels of one another. Lake Placid, you know, it certainly is more rewatchable than Anaconda. And one of uh, Betty White's returns to the big screen uh, after, you know, long stem of the Golden Girls. And I think we didn't really have much from Betty White until, until Lake Placid. And so then, you know, Rose and Island, you know, comes, you know, it just appears on screen. And of course, he's just totally crass and vulgar and vile and i absolutely love everything that she says including uh the line at like classic uh what is it uh if i had a dick this is where i would tell you to suck it and i was just like whoa i love uh <laughs> i love that one also that's better than cruel if you ask anybody yeah, well, else it's not difficult mate is it <laughs> syphilis is better than cruel <laughs> i love cruel what are you oh, guys talking about so bad <laughs> Yeah. Lake Placid is better. I'm not, yeah. Crawl's not better than Lake Placid, but I really enjoyed Crawl. I saw it three times. I saw it once and then I just had to keep taking people uh, to go see it because they're like, you guys, this movie, it looks like it's absolute garbage. And I guess you guys think it is garbage, but like this movie looks like absolute garbage, but it's so much fun. I've seen Crawl <laughs> once. That was enough. Um, last one was a little homework rewatch and it was Moon. And I okay. always promised myself I'd rewatch it, and I must have seriously missed something the first time around. I can't remember what I gave it, but I got an eighty-seven on it this time around. Blimey, mate! Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a good, good movie. Great I like film. Moon, and I've watched uh, Mr. Deeds with oh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> They've got an Adam Sandler channel on Sky Movies. So we've got Sky Movies, Ryan, which obviously is part of Fox or whatever. Now it's, it's uh, but I've got an Adam Sandler channel at the moment. Um, it's moved from sort of Will Smith, so. I've watched that. I've watched Happy Gilmore, which I quite like. Um, I've got 80 on that. I really loved Happy Gilmore. Um, the <laughs> the effects-heavy film that I've watched uh, was called The Void. I don't know if anyone's seen it. I have um, seen The Void. Yeah. Um, I found it okay. I thought the effects were really good. I have read that it was sort of a vessel for the, the effects company that did it. Um, I, first time watch, I've only got 61 on it. I, I didn't take to it the first time. Um, I'm not sure if you did, Ryan, but um, it was okay. It was okay, but, uh, but you're more generous than me on that one. I yeah. think when I saw that, I'm like, I want my hour and a half back. I want my two hours back. Right, I, okay. I, I was just put me to sleep. Right. Just, I found it to be so incredibly boring. I watched the house that Jack built again. The last one for a film that we had. I mean, I've got 82 on it. I did enjoy it again. So I mean, Jill watched a bit of it. She wasn't that impressed, if I'm honest. But no, it was good. 
I was laughing at places. That's that's why, that's why she wasn't <laughs> impressed. And I actually did. I mean, you were saying, Brian, about watching stuff, streaming new stuff at home. Um, myself and Jill, uh, we're not able to go to the cinema and, and, and have a date night. So we did have one indoors. We spent 15 English pounds on the King of Staten Island. And uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we were just in the mood for it. It's uh, it's nothing amazing, but uh, we really, really did enjoy watching it. And we, I've got 78 on that. I think Jill would be a bit higher. Mm. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Well, thank you very much, Ryan, for helping us keep going. We've obviously had other people on that are helping us just do something different um, in, in this time. We're obviously having to do retro films mostly. But, yeah, thank you very much to, uh, to yourself and certainly everybody else who's, who's sort of coming on, helping us get through this weird Absolutely. time. We can't thank you enough, to be honest. So yeah, Now I'm a technical expert and I've actually got everything sorted. You can come on more often now. Last time was <laughs> so much stress and leads and plugs and stuff. I just plug it in now. I know what I'm doing. Check me out. <laughs> oh, good. I love being here and... Uh... Thank you guys so much for being a part of uh, my Sunday every week and occasionally my Monday or Tuesday, but usually I am, I am able to listen on Sundays and uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it doesn't feel like it's Sunday without you guys. Uh, same with a uh, brunch of the Hollowells. So give them a quick shout out. You know, it's not Sunday uh, without them. And, and so I, I have the podcast that I listen to on specific days and you know, I love uh, you know making you guys a part of my daily life. So thank you for for being a part of my Sundays. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we look forward to having you on again. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very much. Right. Okay. So after all that, then with Ryan. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. And it a coincidence we played his promo, talked about having him on, and then he arrived. <laughs> As if by magic. Oh, no. <laughs> there you go. So thank you very much, Ryan, for that. Right, okay, mate. Do you want to move on to the next section? Yes, mate. This is the section that we like to call Homework. So this is the section where we give each other films that the other one hasn't seen and we like on the hope of uncovering hidden gems. What did you give me this week, mate? I gave you a film that's currently 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb as a one hour, 45 minute film billed as a crime drama mystery with a synopsis of a teen living under house arrest becomes convinced his neighbour is a serial killer. Starring Sheila LaBeouf, David Morse, Carrie Ann Moss, with a $20 million budget grossing 118. This was 2007's Disturbia. It was. Well done, mate. Thank you very much. So I like Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf? 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 I I always give up. It makes a nice noise, doesn't it, LaBeouf? (laughs) It does. However, this is the young Shia LaBeouf, Mm -hmm. and... It's like his Transformers character, isn't it? And yeah. it's like a flitty. I call it flitty. I don't think it's an actual word. Does that make sense? I, I, I get it. Yeah, so he's a bit hyperactive. So he's not my favourite Shia LaBeouf, um, but uh, but I don't mind him as an actor. Carrie Ann Moss, I, I don't really like. Okay. 
she's not really my favourite, but luckily enough, she wasn't in it long enough to ruin it, really. I found the actual uh, underlying story of how he actually got his tag and that a little bit. Well, it's actually really weird. The amount of police that turned up for a kid on tag. Did you see that it was about 27 police officers turned up? I've when, seen a lot of YouTube videos, line. mate, that say that that's about right. Oh, right, OK, OK. Um, I didn't think that the girl had an awful lot of purpose, if I'm mm-hmm. honest, other than maybe being the excuse for him to be a dirty peeper. <laughs> dirty <the> peeper. <laughs> Martin <laughs> Matlow and your dirty peeping. <laughs> but that's the only reason I really thought she probably was in there. Um, uh, because, she, I mean, she sort of went missing for the whole of the action scene at the end. And even though I like the story, there were some weird bits. I mean... It's weird that the killer killed all of those people, would sort of do it with the curtains open and keep all the bodies in the house. And I imagine that sort of when Shia mum, when she went round there, like people didn't smell something. Bit and that. Stinky, it just, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. It's like my old flat. <laughs> um, but I didn't mind the story as such. It went extreme really quickly. Yeah. So it went from sort of like plodding along and then they were sort of just trying to do a mystery to like literally all-on action end, finding dead bodies in crevices and all sorts in the bloke's house. And I thought that that was a real weird shift into something that went like 100 mile an hour adrenaline rush. But I didn't mind the slow burn bit before it. Yeah, uh, I just I just thought it accelerated probably a little bit too fast. Um, I didn't mind the villain. I like the actor. Um, I don't actually know his name. David Morse. Was it David Morse? Yeah, he was in Green um, Mile, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, I did like him. I thought there was pretty standard stuff what was going on. I mean, it was all right. It weren't too bad a watch, mate, to be honest. There was one really weird thing at the end. What was it with the Asian dude videoing them at the end? Stand down video. What was all that about? He was just a tech dweeb nerdy thing wasn't he yeah but he was yeah, but they, like they were getting it on and he was just standing in front of them videoing them in fairness he's been sitting in his room watching her for a while it just passes <laughs> down the chain doesn't it no but it was just really really weird it just I, I don't know I suppose it just left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth they're I was all like, dirty peepers what? mate dirty peepers <laughs> but other than that mate listen you've you, I mean you've given me a fairly run of the mill yeah um, yeah absolutely it reminds me of a I wouldn't call it a direct remake but an almost similar vein of the burbs okay yeah yeah you could say that yeah yeah I mean I prefer the burbs if I'm honest yeah me too um, but I you've think seen it's more that. fun <laughs> I suppose I'm operate that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, listen, mate, it was all right. I don't know. It was all right. Yep. It weren't too bad. It was okay for a little Saturday night. I'm not eating popcorn at the moment. No snacks or treats or anything at the moment. But if I was, I would have happily had some popcorn and watched this on a Saturday. So I've got 63 out of 100. I'll take that, mate. I'll take yeah. that all day long. I'd see yeah. that as a victory. There you go. I gave you a 2017 film directed by Daniel Espinosa, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Rebecca Ferguson, Ryan Reynolds, Hiroyuki Sanada, Arian Bakar, and Olga Dihavichanaya, with a running time of 104 minutes and a budget of $62 million. Took a box office of $100.5 million, 6.69 IMDb, 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a synopsis of a team of scientists aboard the International Space Station discover a rapidly evolving life form that caused extinction on Mars and now threatens all life on Earth. This is 2017's Life. It was. I sat down and watched it, and I really liked it, mate. 
Did you? Yeah, I really did. Oh, okay. I really liked it. I always think for if you're going to do a creature feature out in space or a creature feature anywhere, you either need a really good creature or no creature. Do you know what I mean? You either don't want to see what's doing all the damage or you want something that's really good. And I thought Kelvin was great. Did you? Yeah, I really did. I thought he was believable and at points quite brutal for a yeah. cute little alien thing. I was, I was a little bit doubtful at the start when he was a little bit wavy like a little starfish but when he turned into the proper octopus blood sucking hand crushing machine that he was i thought he was great i like the fact ryan reynolds got killed off early <laughs> i've got nothing against ryan reynolds i like it i just like a film that's got the bollocks to stick someone main card and then right okay I, 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 I like that. no 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 okay. I, I quite like him as an actor i quite like the character either him or jake gillenhall Either one of them, just kill off a big name early. I like a film that does that. It shows big balls for me. In fact, I thought all the casts were pretty strong. It was quite a small cast, wasn't it? Um, didn't have mm-hmm. any issues with anyone, you'll be pleased to know. Liked okay. them all. Some science issues with it, mate. <laughs> right. Some science issues. They're in zero gravity. They're floating around. Bloke's hands get squished. So he's floating. He's floating in midair. And then when they drag it out of the glove, it flops. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't going to do okay. that, mate. It's going to float. I, like, I did like the squished upness. Um, Would it not drop a, a little bit? Would it not drop a little bit? Would it not like be... Not to of... 90 degrees like it did, mate. No, It's okay. not going to flop oh. out. Uh, it's right, going to float okay. up. Kelvin, they clearly said the words, carbon-based life form. Fired it with fire and he didn't burn. <laughs> I'm being funny, mate. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, the pod come flying through the atmosphere. It's gone friction, friction, friction. It's gone all the way into the sea, and the blokes just touch it. It's going to be a bit warm now. And I was like, "Don't touch that, mate. You burn your hands." Um, they got. They took a while to get there. Yeah, it's still going to be roasting up, mate. It's metal on it. It's a great conductor. Was it not in the sea or nothing? Yeah, I'm going to cool it down that quick. It's going to be boiling. Right. I mean, you know this for a fact. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolute I fact. I can okay, do you the calculations okay. if you want. Right, okay. Um, but right. despite Please all do. of those glaring science issues, uh, I thought it was really solid and really fun to watch. I know people getting squished up and that, but I thought it was quite a good, fun, spacey, science fiction-y film. I thought it was good. I, I saw the ending coming from a mile off, but I still liked it. I still liked the way they did it, I think. I don't know, did you, when you watched it, did you see it coming? I don't think it was, I think it was pretty obvious the way it was going to happen. Well, I suppose so. I mean, it was, it was either that or it was boring, wasn't it? Uh, no, I, I liked I, it. Oh, yeah. No, no I, I don't mean, mean yeah. that. I'm... Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, they saved the earth and everything, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Um, exactly. But yeah, but no, I liked the flip. I thought it was, it was great. All that effort for fuck all, because it came back anyway. Did you think that maybe there would be a um, sequel? Which there hasn't been. But. I couldn't really say I'd like to see one. No. It, it, okay. I think it, it's left it at a point where you're in the shit now. This little octopus dude's going to start sucking people's guts out and stuff and everyone's going to die. Cheery. Okay. There you um, go. But I'm, I did particularly like as well, and I actually spotted this at the end, so the end credits roll, and Spirit in the Sky plays, doesn't it? But I don't know if you know it's Spirit in the Sky I, I mean, plays, I'd seen it, so I had that off by the end. Which is great. Because it was actually one of the songs on the ill-fated Apollo 13 mission. Oh, right. I spotted that all on my own. I was like, what a great use of music. Right. Okay. Great use of music. Well done, mate. Well done. I was really chuffed with myself. Gave the missus a fun fact all about it as we was finishing it off. And I was like, I'm sure she loved it. Yeah. Highlight of her week. Yeah. But I've got that as a nice 78 out of 100, mate. 
Blimey, that's quite high, isn't it? That's yeah. way high. I mean, IMDb six six point six. Yeah. No, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I got a lot of fun Good. out of it. I'm pleased. Well yeah. done. No, thank you for that. Oh, excellent. All right. So, what have you got for me next week, then, mate? To pay you back for giving me such a great film, mate, I'm going to give you an absolute classic that's currently six point eight out of ten on IMDb. Is a twelve one hour thirty nine minutes billed as a comedy drama romance with a synopsis of Henry Roth is a man afraid of commitment up until he meets the beautiful Lucy. They hit it off, and Henry thinks he's finally found the girl of his dreams until he discovers she has short-term memory loss and forgets him the next day. Starring Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore and Rob Schneider, a $75 million budget grossing $199 million. This was 2004's 51st Dates. And please don't listen to the impression after you've watched it. Just assume it was really good. Right, OK. <laughs> OK, I will do that. Uh, so a bit of a rom-com. Is a rom-com? Rom-com. Back to rom-coms, um, is it? Comedy drama romance, mate. So, right, yes. Okay. <laughs> Not even any short. Thanks for that, mate. Well, I'm just going to throw something a little bit different your way. Uh, this film's popped up. I think it's on, it's either on Amazon or Netflix, and it's one that I'd forgotten that I enjoyed so much when I saw it. So I'm giving you a 2014 film directed by Matthew Walkchus, starring Bill Nye, Imelda Stone, and Dominic West, Paddy Considine, Andrew Scott, George McKay, Joseph Gilgan, and Ben Schnetzer. With a running time of 120 minutes, I haven't got a budget, but it's got a box office of only 16.7 million dollars it's 91 percent on rotten tomatoes and 7.8 out of 10 on imdb with a synopsis of uk gay activists work to help miners during their lengthy strike of the national union of mine workers in the summer of 1984 i'm giving you 2014's pride oh nice mate thank you i'll enjoy this one well, I think you might. Yeah. I'd forgotten about it, to be honest. I'm surprised and I it was done. quite a low box office because I remember this coming out. I remember it being quite a furore and everyone really rating it quite highly. Oh, I mean, that, but I mean, it might be wrong. I got that off of some <laughs> website. I mean, who knows? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy that one. Yeah, mate. thank you. Okay, no worries. So next week's main, mate. Mm. Uh, now, we should, in theory, be celebrating, shouldn't we, episode 100? Well, we will know, be so. celebrating. Well, we will, but uh, we haven't really arranged anything special, have we? <laughs> no. You've been doing all the booking for every other episode mm. and sort of life got in the way. So I think we are. We might try and get some people on. Let's, yeah. We'll see what we can do. But what are we going to watch? We are going to watch The Five Bloods. We are. So it's going to be a bit of a change. Normally on our special episodes, we do retro, mm. don't we? Yep. But actually, seeing as we're doing retro every weekend at the moment, we thought we'd change it up a bit and do a new film. Yeah, we thought uh, we'd do a Blazing Squad and flip reverse it. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do The Five Bloods, The Spike Lee Joint, and we maybe see if some other people will join us. Yeah, let's right. do that. Let's, let's okay. drop it on them just seven days before we've organised anything. <laughs> to watch a two-and-a-half-hour film. Oh, yes. Right, so... Uh, <laughs> that was a shambles, so wasn't it, mate? It was a shambles, yeah. You're right. So after all that then, mate, do you want to reiterate how people can contact us on social media? Yes, mate. They can get us on Instagram or Twitter, which is at movie underscore drone, or via email on moviedronepodcast at hotmail.com. Excellent. I think I'm going to lock myself in my office and start the edit tonight. And I might have it finished by Sunday night, I think, <laughs> after all of that. So uh, there you go then, mate. Um, sorry, it's been a bit of a debacle. I mean, caused by you, really. Absolutely. I've, I've just given up bothering arguing with people. <laughs> my fault. <laughs> 
one of those days, mate, one of those yes. days. So uh, hopefully I can make something barely listenable out of that and uh, we'll see what happens. Good luck. Okay, thank you. Right, okay then, mate. Do you want to say goodbye then, Mark? Goodbye then, Mark. See you later, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Mate, do you know you're allowed um like you're allowed gatherings of people now, aren't you? Like six people. So I had a six person barbecue the other day. Fell asleep with my mouth open and someone put a tea bag in my mouth. I went fucking mental, mate. No one treats me like a mug. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had a tea bag in my mouth. <laughs> tea bag in my mouth. Oh dear. I'll give up tonight. I'm sorry. I'll give up. Anyway, mate, I've decided to dress as a different type of bread each day next week. Roll on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking shoot me now. Just put me down. Gladly. And Olga (laughs) Dikovinov. Or Jake Linenhall. Little octopus dude's going to start sucking everyone off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I should really think before I talk. <laughs> <laughs>